Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you're joining us today for our recap and discussion of Half a King, book one in the Shattered Sea trilogy by Joe Abercrombie. That was such a nice romp of a book, even my second time through that. I loved it. It was awesome. You have this terrible history of just reading first books in series, and that's what you did here, right? This is the only one you've read. So I listened to this on audiobook at work like seven years ago or something. Okay, how'd it hold up? Held up great. Yeah. Okay. I forgot a little bit of it. And so like I I remember the beginning because the beginning was definitely, I think even the first time I went through it, I was like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen here. <laughs> <Right. you know? laughs> but the ending definitely, I forgot about the ending and it definitely kind of threw me. I was like, oh, holy shit. Like that guy yeah. was his uncle the whole time. Like that was Hit pretty you good. With the curveball. Yeah, that was pretty solid. But um, yeah, I mean, I had just, so this time I, I had just finished up the Age of Madness trilogy by Joe Abercrombie, which is just the prose. It's like every single line is just this oh, banger piece of word masterpiece. And, but this really holds up. This was very well executed. You know, it doesn't reach the highs, I would say, of you know, a first law or the heroes or Red Country or Best Served Cold or whatever, because I don't right. think that's what Joe Abercrombie was trying to do. You know, I don't think so either. I think he was really like on a family vacation. It was like, I'm going <laughs> to write the simplest little bang up of a novel, just neat and tight, you know, because I will say for people who did not like this book in their defense, I would not compare this series with Joe Abercrombie's other pieces of works. Like when I read this, the mood I was in, I think lent a lot to me liking it so much. I'm just coming off of The Expanse, The Dark Tower, very vast and complicated stories. And this was just so easy and simple and predictable. I was kind of prepared in my brain to love it for those reasons. So if you're like going into this thinking of this like complicated character driven masterpiece that is the typical Joe Abercrombie, like this is not that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call it a masterpiece, but it's definitely entertaining as hell. And I think that the world building is pretty solid. I mean, the dialogue is on point as usual. Uh, it's never boring, really. The, I don't think there's no. one boring part in the entire... Well, actually, the part where they're going through the snow, uh, I was a little bit like, okay, we could probably get a little right. bit... Once they've kind of mastered here. it, yeah. and they're like not going to die of freezing, then it's like, all right, cool, we got the igloo trick. But I was kind of curious, like, I couldn't remember. I was like, does somebody die right here? Because somebody got really close. You know, Samael, Samael, I think, got really I close. I think Samael, yep. Uh -huh. yeah, and I was worried because there was a little, little cool little uh, romance going. There, there was. I don't know. But let's, uh, let's get into the recap and we can talk more about it. Okay, let's do it. The story follows the exploits of Prince Yarvi, second son of proud King Uthric of Getland. Born with a crippled hand, Yarvi is unable to fill the traditional male role of his warrior society and has settled upon an academic and advisory career with the ministry. After years of tutelage under Mother Gundring, Yarvi is ready to take the Ministry's test. When news arrives that his father and elder brother have been killed, supposedly during a parley with a neighboring king, Grom Gilgorm of Vansterland. While his uncle Odim offers sad encouragement, his mother Laethlin, the Golden Queen, remains her usual cold and distant self as Yarvi finds the black chair thrust upon him. Donning unfamiliar armor and weapons he can barely carry, Yarvi leads a retaliatory raid against Grom Gilgorm, but all too soon learns the true meaning of treachery, betrayed by his uncle Odin and his mother's chosen shield, Hurik. Yarvi never wanted the throne, but he will seek to reclaim it in the name of revenge. Left to the mercy of the Shattered Sea, Yarvi finds himself the captive of Grom Gilgorm, pretending to be a simple cook's boy saves his life but he is sold into slavery, winding up as a galley slave to a drunken, flamboyant trading captain, Shadik Shiram. 
Using his wits and ministry training, he eventually supplants the dishonest steward, Ankrem, by exposing his graft and plots an escape with fellow slaves and ship navigator, Sumail. But no plan survives first contact with the enemy, and the ship ends up sinking. The only known survivors are Yarvi, Sumail, Ankrem, Yarvi's oarmates, Jod and Rolf, and a mysterious slave called Nothing, who is really, really skilled with a sword. So they set off on foot through the wilderness for Getland. Yarvi wants revenge. Nothing wants to help him. Ankrum wants to free his wife and son from a slave merchant, and the others just want to go home. All the while, Shadik Sharam is in pursuit. They're eventually forced to turn and fight, setting an ambush in an elf ruin. Although Nothing and Archer Rolf are the only real warriors, they win, but not before Ankrum dies, taking a blow meant for Yarvi. Yarvi and company are then captured by Grom Gilgorm, but Yarvi, revealing his true identity, makes a deal with the king. The advancing Vansterman army will draw the bulk of Getland forces out of the city, allowing Yarvi to kill his treacherous uncle, reclaim the black chair, and then kneel at Grom Gilgorm's feet as his vassal. They return to Getland in secret and make contact with Yarvi's mother, Lathlin, who uses her wealth to recruit a motley collection of mercenaries. When the trap is sprung, King Odom is caught by surprise, trapped in the palace with only a few guards. Odom's men are defeated, though Jowd is killed in the fighting. Infiltrating the citadel, Yarvi is on the verge of revenging himself on his uncle, when nothing reveals his own true identity. Foreshadowed throughout the book, nothing is Prince Uthul, elder brother of Odom and Uthric, thought drowned at sea years ago, and back to reclaim his birthright. After killing Odom in a duel, Nothing becomes king, invalidating the deal with Grom Gilgorm. Yarvi renounces his birthright to avoid getting killed as a potential challenger to the throne, and rejoins the ministry, once again following the original trajectory his life was upon, and becomes Brother Yarvi. In the aftermath, Sumael, who had been flirting with Yarvi, decides to leave Getland to return home to the first of cities. Rolf opts to stay and become Yarvi's right-hand man. Together, they track down and free Ankrum's wife, Safrit, and son, Cole. Fast forward a bit, and Brother Yarvi stops by for tea with his old mentor, Mother Gundring. He reveals that he knows how she betrayed his father on orders from the High King and Grandmother Wexen. Mother Gundring dies from the poisoned tea, and the book ends with Yarvi becoming Father Yarvi, chief advisor to his uncle, Uthel, once nothing, the newly crowned King of Getland. That's a that's an open and shut case right there. Open and shut. Oh. I love the wordplay on nothing yeah. that they use throughout the he was like, he is like, I am nothing, I will be nothing, I was never, you know, anything, and then he becomes something that is something. way more than nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, on this read, there some of it I kind of remembered, some of it I didn't. It's funny when nothing kind of stands up when they're in the forest or the snow or whatever. And he's just like, I will not rest until the rightful king is on the throne. I was like, damn, right. this guy's like really throwing in with Yarvi. Oh, my God. Yeah, but like no, super I mean, quick. He was, he, he, was very, uh, he was very much intending to put himself there. So, yeah. Yeah, like, because I, like I, his wording, <laughs> you think he's with with Yarvik, but like his wording is like until the rightful king and he's the rightful king. So really, he's just making a promise that like he won't rest until he is king again. And I liked it, too, because there seemed to be a pretty decent amount of symmetry between nothing and Yarvi in that nothing had been kind of reduced all the way down through a certain series of events, just like Yarvi had, too, which I, mm -hmm. I like that. I thought that was cool. Yeah, kind of broken down and then they both build themselves up to their rightful place, but kind of more deserving of it this time. Yeah. And I'm glad that Yarvi 
didn't become king because he never wanted to be king in the first place. So it was kind of thrust upon him and he was like, fine, I'll do it. And then like makes all these promises of revenge and still has not completed them by the end. But uh, I mean, he he did. Things well, he promised to that... slay his father's killer, Grom Gilgorm. And, oh, wait, I no, guess it wasn't because well, no, he took, a, Gilgorm, new, he took his... a, no, a new oath. Yeah, it's like the way that oaths kind of work in this is like if there's a <laughs> if there's a technicality, then we don't have to worry about the oath anymore. Right. Is, it's like the spirit of the oath is there, but yeah, don't worry about it. You know, right, like he swore to become Getland's vessel. Getland, he swore to make Getland uh, Grom Gilgorm's vessel vassal state yeah. but then because it's his uncle it's like oh technicality yep sorry it wasn't actually him as king now yeah. yeah that's hey you know it's just uh the way this the cookie crumbles in this particular world i suppose i really liked yarvi quite a bit because you know at first he's kind of just like this reluctant protagonist type thing but i i like that he kind of honestly really didn't think he would be up to the job of being king either not that it's not that he didn't want to be it's that he was just like, I, I don't think I've got this in me. Like, I don't think I'd be very good at this at all. Uh, and, and he wanted to be a minister. Right. Because their kings are seen as like heroes. Their kings are seen as like heroes of the realm, right? Like strong and armed, like leading the charge into battle. And Yarvi knows he will never be that because he only has one hand that works properly. But I think that speaks a lot to how he was treated, though, because he only had one hand. Because Yarvi is really smart and would probably really make smart. a pretty damn good king, actually. He'd make a great queen. A great queen? Right, because who's the real power behind the throne? Oh, queen Lathlin, yeah, I see what you're the saying. The golden yeah, queen, yeah. right? Because she's so smart. She she has the key to the treasury or whatever. Yeah, um, exactly. That's, that's... And she makes all of like economic decisions. And she's the real reason that Getland has like become so big and has like seen success recently is because of the golden queen, right? So that's why I say Yarvi would be a good queen. Do you think that him going through everything that happened made for him being a better minister? Or like, what do you think the benefit for Yarvi well, is for having gone through this? Because it seems like this whole journey on its face was almost to make him a more adept king, king much like right. the kings before. But then now he's a minister with seemingly a lot of the same exact knowledge and traits that he had at the beginning of the book. Right. You know? So, okay. <laughs> but this takes my answer. It's not a takes... criticism necessarily. No, it's no. mostly just like an observation, but I want to hear your thoughts. So, and you don't really know this because you've only read the first book and I've read yeah, all three, yeah. but the minister's role is a lot more than just like head of the religion. He's like the head counselor to the king. So like every king has that. It's right, kind of, think of him yeah. like the king's like necromancer. Like he's like the one that sits on the side and kind of like works the machinations behind the scene and gives him like number advisor. one advice yeah yeah okay. but like okay. the advisor and so yes the things that he experiences in the course of this book very much prepares him for his handling of that role and you'll see that um, okay yeah because maybe that wasn't super clear books. yeah maybe that wasn't super clear in this book it uh, really the, wasn't like the role that mother gundring played like because in, in my mind what a what a minister really was was just kind of like a librarian almost right and like head of the religion because they have like a whole pantheon you know and then there's like the people in the big kingdom that has like only one god you know there's a lot more going on here than just a simple like there and back again story there's you know i don't think abercrombie could help himself like there's some pretty deep no. world building um i wish maybe we'd like stuck around uh on some of those topics just like a little bit more like there is that conversation that yarvi and mother gundring have in the beginning of the book where gundring is just like oh and w like in this very clever um you know mechanism to show the reader all kinds of different 
you know, <laughs> backstory of things like right. she's quizzing him on stuff and like it's yep, it's good, but it's just like that, and then we kind of like run off. Totally, we get to learn like some elves and magic, and like elves are super powerful, and they have like left behind all these artifacts that are super illegal to go near because they're like cursed and they'll kill you. And then we just kind of never hear about that again. <laughs> That's fine. So there's it will come books. back up. Yeah, I was on. just gonna say there's three books. I think focusing. I think maybe the focus of this book is Yarvi. Did you? So this was your first time reading it. Did you expect that Odom was gonna turn on Yarvi? Like, did you? Because it's kind of obvious that, like, whatever position he was just raised to, I have a feeling that for the rest of this book, he is not going to be in that position anymore. But did you think it was going to be his uncle? No. Oh, no. Really? I thought okay. some. I thought he was going to be captured. Okay. And yeah. taken. And then, I was like, yeah, yeah, he's totally. like okay. this little revenge plot is not going to go as easy as he wants, and the whole totally. like weight of war, Abercrombie style, is going to press upon his shoulders, and he's going to yeah. see some, you know, meaningless innocents die. Uh, but I didn't think that he was going to be betrayed before that happened. I thought it was just going to be a story of him, like, finding his way back to the kingdom, not being betrayed by his uncle, who was so nice to him. Like, one yeah. of the few people who actually was like, it's okay, little guy, like, all of his life. But what do you think about his uncle's motivations? Because, I mean, I, th I feel yeah. like in, in his uncle's mind, and I'm not justifying it because I disagree with it, but in his uncle's mind, so Yarby's dad was this legendary guy his grandfather was even more legendary you know and then you've got yarby here who is whip smart you know like obviously a very capable leader but right. he's missing some fingers on his hand and that's enough for odom to decide that he's going to betray his own family member that really says a lot about the society that joe abercrombie thought up here you know like it really says and about a lot odom himself right well, like yeah, i think odom he justified sure. it <laughs> he's by being whore. like well it's what's best for the kingdom but like i think that's nah. a pretty that's a much more nuanced way of looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's it's... right that's where like joe abercrombie's like character work we start to see a little bit at play here it's like yeah okay odom may have thought that he was doing what's best for the kingdom but really he just like wanted the power for himself right yeah totally and we saw that a lot with the expanse too <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, we did. But that is a thing that I've noticed over the course of my reading and even a little bit of my writing is that a really compelling villain thinks they're the hero of their own story. You know, yeah. like that's a real thing. And that was Odom, very expanse. Uh, <laughs> over and over and over again in the expanse. Uh, but yeah, Odom definitely. See, the thing that I just didn't really like about it that kind of gave me the ick, as the kids like to say these days. Uh, the thing that I didn't like about it is that Yarvi had already kind of professed to wanting to be a minister. So why wouldn't Odom just let him be a minister? Because even at the end of the book, the reason that Yarvi's life isn't in danger is because he's a minister. So like, why did they have to go through this whole rigmarole anyway? Like, like, pony why, show? Yeah, like, I think why... it's just because he was owned like no one would have given well, no one would have followed odin unless he was the natural successor it had to he had to be removed i think but you can abdicate from i don't know if the rules here apply but yeah. in most situations a king can abdicate ab, abdicate the throne abdicate yeah yeah uh, yeah if he was just like people in the trilogy you all know I won't be the warrior king that you all want me to be. I'm going to abdicate to my uncle. And with him and my mother, the Golden Queen, Lathlin's leadership, you will be led very well. And I'll be the minister because that's what I'll be good at. I think everyone would be like, yeah, hey, yeah, like, be the wise. Have... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have totally worked. But but then, I mean, I guess Yarvi wouldn't be able to uh, to learn everything he learned. He, he He developed like street smarts or sea smarts. 
right. if you will. And he got to be strong too. Like he yeah, not only by strong. the end of the book yeah. was dependent upon like a strapping Earth. guy at the end yeah. of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah like totally. at the oars, you know? Like, yeah. man, that would take a lot. And he had one arm to oar with. Well, I guess he strapped the other one. He had to strap to it, it but... to it, yeah, which is pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. Pretty brutal. Yeah. Uh what did you think about him and Samael? Because I was kind of like shipping them. And then me too. Samael left. And I don't know if that's revisited later. Don't spoil that for me, please. But... I won't. But I was definitely disappointed by the end yeah, of this book. He becomes like, minister leaving. who like has to swear off all relationships. And he's oh, like, Oh, nope. is that a thing? I think I missed oh, that. Oh, yeah. It's a oh, thing. Lame. For sure. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's like, I'm going to become a minister and I have to be celibate for the rest of my life. And it was like, But what about Smail? You guys were shipping. Right. Who do you think was the antagonist of this book? It doesn't really have one. Like Odom? Um, Odom. Yeah. Odom's the antagonist. Okay. But um... like, I liked. Yeah. Uh, the captain too much for her to be the antagonist. Yeah, I don't. I think she was just kind of like an element of chaos. Yeah. Ooh, well said. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know yeah. if she was. I mean, yeah, she was like chasing after them and stuff. Which can you element remind me of the of timeline chaos. on this real quick? Because like, did Shadik Sharam go down with the ship? No, she tra- chased him. But from, she was the reason. I know that, that she they was had still to alive. like. I, was she on the ship when it sank? No, so she went into town to do something. That's she what was it like away was. from the oh ship, gosh. and then yeah, Yarvi's totally. like, "My opportunity yep. is nigh." Okay, yeah, because for some reason I was like, "Why didn't she wash up with them?" And okay, yeah, uh, okay, yeah, no, and then the she ship came back sinks, to see her ship sinking. And yeah, she was like, and then it's like, minute. "I'm okay. ruined," and okay. now I got to okay. go get these people back because. Thank you so them. much for clearing that up for me <laughs> yeah. on my second read through. And I just didn't pick that up. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, I really liked the fight that she finally does catch up to them on the river and they kind yeah. of set it up and nothing. And um, the guy whose name starts with an R. Ralph? Ralph, yeah. Rolf. he Ralph, Ralph, uh, R-A-U-F, however you R- say that. R- well, there's Jod, G- J-A-U-D, and then there's Rolf, R-U-L-F. Yeah. Him and nothing are really the only two actual warriors, but because of like surprise and strategy and just being smart, they're able to take out all of Shadik Sharam's forces. Though Ankrum does take one for the team. Yeah, Ankrum. What did you think about Ankrum dying? I thought it was uh, pretty. I thought I really liked sad. his character. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I thought that like as far as side characters go, I'd say Ankrum was probably the best developed. Totally, uh, and it doesn't always take much, you know. I mean, like. Get, he's got a, a good little story here he's got you know his wife and his kid he's been taking uh money from Shadik Sharam but like the whole right. point of it was for this other thing that we didn't know about and then he dies tragically it's like solid work there you know like totally and he's like him. super quick to forgive Yarvi because Yarvi even has a conversation with him like hey I'm really sorry that I betrayed you by like exposing your griff to yeah. uh Shadik Sharam and like totally got you deranked and took over your position and he was like ah we all try to succeed. No worries. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, that seems like pretty brutal and kind of edged on, you know, it's like close to, oh, are we really putting this in the YA category? Because Shadik Sharam just like stomps the guy's face in like oh, over yeah. and over and over again to the point where he's like not even like totally recognizable. And he was super pretty before that. Too. Uh, yeah. That was, that was it got pretty brutal. <laughs> and she's so like flippant about everything. And you're like, yeah. oh boy, you know, and she's like, and I love you guys. And also let me stomp this one to death real fast. Like, whoa. So uh, I want to make a prediction here before we take off for this nice short, short and sweet episode for a short and sweet book. Um, so Grom Gilgorm at multiple points in this book says, Mother War breathed upon me in my crib. It has been foreseen that no man kill me. God, I, I think, love him. 
so you don't have to answer this in the affirmative or in the negative because you've already read all these, but I think a woman is going to kill Grom Gilgorm. <laughs> Interesting. Like, because it's like the, the no man can kill me. Well, I'm no man. I'm a lady. Boom. Like, so that's my prediction. Uh, I'm also going to make, a, you know, you, you can't do the predict- predictions because you've already read these, but I'm going to make another prediction here. I'm going to predict that Yarvi is going to eventually take Grandmother Wexland's position, but I don't know who the High King... I I don't think the High King is going to be around for that long. I don't think he's he's going to live through this series. Okay. But I do think Yarvi is going to end up ascending to that point. I don't think Yarvi is going to die in this series. Okay. But I'm... I think I might be the most worried about him, though, actually. Like he seems like maybe maybe Yarvi's actually in danger. Because if he doesn't have any POV chapters for the rest of the series, actually, I might have to amend that. I think maybe Yari's gone. <laughs> I think maybe Yari's a goner. And then I have one more prediction. I do not think that Uthil or nothing is long for this throne. Like, I Ooh. really, I don't know why, but I just don't think... He's he's really hot headed. Like very hot headed. It's all steel. Like he just wants to fight all the time. And I just I don't know. I just don't think that makes for that great of a king. Like I I think there's gonna be a situation that comes up here that's gonna best all Uthel, you know? But those those are my predictions okay. for the next couple of books. Those are good. I like them. Um, and I can't respond to them obviously because I've read the yeah. book, so I'm gonna hit you uh, on our way out with a few of my favorite quotes. First off, kind of a funny one from Old Nothing that says, what is the world coming to when an honest man cannot burn corpses without suspicion? So good. (laughs) Uh, And then maybe more a little bit on the deeper side. If life has taught me one thing, it's that there are no villains, only people doing their best. How Uh classic Joe Abercrombie is that? Like that there's no black and white, this gray, and there's people doing their best. And I really like that. And it's like, like sympathy and empathy when looking at others and the motivations that drives them. Like, man, there's a lot of different ways. Like I'll never forget when I was ranting to my sister about how I hate it when people drive slower than the speed limit. She was like, maybe they had a wedding cake in the car. <laughs> and I was like, you up. Yeah, <laughs> dude. And now yeah. every time I'm like raging at someone driving under the speed limit, I think like, what if there's a multi-tiered wedding cake in the car and they better have a wedding cake in that car. Yeah, I remember um, when I went through my first like really intense breakup after I'd been in a relationship for a while, and it was it was a very like traumatic breakup. It was super bad, and uh, we're cool now. <laughs> Just so everyone, if anyone's <laughs> curious, like we're fine. I was. That was my next question. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, when I was going through that process, I mean, it wasn't just like a couple days that I had to be sad. Like it was a whole like oh, the first life-altering process, and I was really, really grumpy, <laughs> and I was really short with my friends, and I yeah. was really um like emotionally demanding of people too. Like, and I was it was just mm. a lot. Like, I was going through something. So, I mean, I don't do this every time, but like, if I'm ever at like a restaurant or a grocery store or dealing with whatever out out of my house, and somebody is being either short with me or they're being rude or whatever, you find yourself in those kind of situations. I've tried to think to myself, like, maybe they're going through a breakup. Man, that is wise. Like, maybe they, maybe their partner just told them they didn't love them anymore. And that they wanted to leave and then they left 
<laughs> that's <laughs> so was funny. Like, way, that's not what happened to me, by the way. Mine was a whole different thing. But I'm just saying, like that that kind of thing happening to you, you are not going to be chipper uh, no. towards anybody. You know. I learned that same lesson from almost the well, very in a very different way. But I was selling mattresses, and some customer came in, and I tried to like do my thing, and like I'm a very like friendly rapport builder sort of salesperson, and I tried to make a sale and make a friend, and. I could not get into it. He was just being so mean to me. And he finally left and I was just like kind of dejected. And I went like trudging back to my boss and I was like, man, what did I do wrong? And he was like, nothing. He's like, that person probably just got into a fight with their girlfriend right before they walked in here. Yeah. And I was like, about wow. mattresses. I mean, like you were selling things yeah. that like couples buy and stuff. And they, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of emotion there. So yeah, I had learned a similar lesson, but in a much less painful way. So sorry that you had to learn it that way, man. <laughs> Last time uh, I went to Ikea with Effie, we were like walking into the Ikea and I was like, you know what would be really sweet is if we had like a blowout fight in here because nobody would, I bet most people wouldn't say anything. No. Like They'd just be like, oh, there's the couple fighting in Ikea. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> They're trying to figure out how to buy this like, beds this bed frame oh my god one doesn't even like we're fine with the mattress on the floor it's been fine on the floor all of our relationship (laughs) oh my god and effie has like this preoccupation with white furniture like she likes it she loves white furniture wow it shows everything though i don't know i was (laughs) not a hill you should this is the fight we're having (laughs) it wasn't a fight but i was definitely like i was definitely like look i don't want this much white furniture. I eat too much chocolate like so to have this much, much white furniture. Okay, sure. Um, but the black furniture, like I'm getting new shelves here soon, actually. I think I'm going to go with like just wood. To, just like, yeah, wood dude, wood color. is best. Yeah, I'm going to go with wood shelves. Um, but anyway, uh, where well, were we? Let's get out of here. I was, yeah. I'm going to hit you with my, a few more quotes before oh, let's I let do you it. go. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we've got uh, the wise wait for their moment, but never let it pass. Love that one. Um, and then we've got the wise speaker first learns when to stay silent. And, you know, as someone who has always been a chatty little fella, uh, <laughs> that is a really impress- important lesson yeah. for me to learn. And one that I still struggle with, obviously. But like, man, it's just like you are seen as so much more intelligent if you speak less. And like the less you say, the more they hear sort of thing. Like, it's just really important to know to shut the hell up sometimes. <laughs> I, you know, there's really no better feeling than um, when, you, when you're about to say something and then you stop yourself yeah. and then you're like, I'm so glad I didn't say that. Yeah. Wow. Oh, really good example. Really awesome example. So uh, my, <clears throat> uh, my brother is a bartender here in Portland at Bamboo Sushi downtown. It's an awesome restaurant. And an awesome brother. He's an awesome brother. And I went in there. And there was this uh, woman sitting at the bar and Vaughn said, Hey, this is, I don't, I don't remember. I'm sorry if you're listening, I don't remember your name, Uh, but Vaughn said, uh, Hey, this is uh, this person. And I said, Oh, hi, it's nice to meet you. And in my head, I was like, I I was about to say, like, are you Vaughn's newest girlfriend or like some stupid, it's just like horribly stupid thing to say. And I didn't. And I was like, maybe just don't, don't say that, Evan. And then um, the other bartender that that works there, his name is Christian, and I I play video games with him and my brother sometimes. Like I know Christian pretty well. And as soon as Christian walked around the corner, Vaughn said, "Oh, this is his. This is Christian's girlfriend." Oh, and I was goodness. so happy that I didn't make that like a really awkward. Si- <sighs> yeah, I was just like, "Wow, good job, Evan!" Like, damn. 
what a Dude, way to go <laughs> that is some wisdom right there man so yeah, yeah learning how to shut up to yourself you know yeah you don't have to always thing. crack a joke you don't you don't no, always have no. to. <laughs> uh you may need two hands to fight someone but only one to stab them in the back and none to end a podcast episode so uh oh, that's why i'm gonna end whoa oh. look at how smooth <laughs> that was okay everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode this was a very uh short and sweet one the next one might be a little bit longer because it's a longer book there's two main characters in it there's more depth there a little more and then the third one well did you like the third one just as much did you like them I all? Liked them all yeah. yeah cool good 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 that's good to hear but uh, anyway, that's going to do it for us today, everybody. Again, thank you so much for listening. Join us next time for the next episode, which is going to cover Half the World, book two in the Shattered Sea. And uh, also keep on listening to all the other stuff because we're, we're doing our best. We work do. hard <laughs> making it for you, our lovely listeners. Hope you all have an awesome rest of your day. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.